As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. This is Financial Choices Matter. Mark Killian, your co-host, alongside with Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor and all-around good fella. How's it going, buddy? How are you? I, Mark, it's great. Always fun to talk to you. And, you know, with the interesting world we live in. It is an interesting know, so. one for sure. You guys doing okay uh, in the area? Everything going pretty good? Besides just being hot, it's that time of year, right? It's summer in the desert, so that's yeah. fine. Well, good, good. Uh, everything else going all right? You personally are doing yeah. pretty good? Yeah. Good. Yeah. We're, yeah. Any, any, any day now when you folks are listening to this, we may be grandparents for the first time. So that's kind of oh, exciting. Oh, wow. That is yeah. awesome. I, you know, so hmm. some of you may, well, we don't know yet. So. Prepare to get uh, wrapped around a little finger. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. All I, I've already told them that I just want to be called the Colonel. Oh, oh, you got a name picked for, out. Okay. For no, for no good reason. For no good reason. Uh, All right. Yeah. Just because I do. All right. So you're not you're not down with uh, Peepaw or Peepaw. Or... And I know what's going to happen is there. He, it's a he. It's a he's he. Gonna call oh, okay. Me, he's going to he's going to call me whatever he's going to call he me. Wants, yeah. That's fine. I keep telling my daughter that I want to be. My dad was pop up to a lot of his grandkids. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that's that's become more and more common through the years. Back in the seventies, it wasn't. I don't think it was very common. But I told my daughter I, I want to be pop up or I want to be pip up. I don't know why. I just want to be pip up because it sounds cool. I wanted to be like. Yeah, Pip Pop is the coolest guy. He takes me for ice cream. <laughs> and my wife's like, I don't want any of that. She just wants to be, she wants, her name's Kim and she just wants to be Kiki uh, for okay. whatever reason. So, okay. How about, how about yours? Is, is she staring at my, my mom? Was like terrified of them calling her, you know, Gammy or Meemaw or something like that. My mom was grandmother. Okay. Grandmother. Yeah. And granddaddy. Okay. That was it. All right. My, my grandparents were Mother Scott and Daddy Scott. Oh, so okay. I, there you go. Which I thought was kind of cute. And Sherry goes nuts. Uh, no, we're not going to be called that. Oh, but she's okay. going to be grandmother in Icelandic. And she's a bunch Icelandic. Is oh. Amma. Amma. A-M-M-A. So that's what she's going to be. You know what? My wife's family is German and they do Oma for grandmother. Okay. So very close. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Anyway, All right. Interesting we got, stuff. We, well, we die. Total non-financial poop. That's right. We digress, but it's our podcast. We'll do whatever we want. <laughs> That's right. And kudos to the to the uh, soon-to-be grandparents and uh, and all that. So hope all that goes well. And and with that said, you're right. It is a financial show. So let's talk financial. <laughs> let's crack open the financial dictionary, shall we? Sure. All right, kids, go ahead and break out your your slide rules and your books. We're going to have class here. Uh, we're going to look at some financial terms, define them, and then have a test on it later. So make sure you're paying attention. Totally kidding about the test. Uh, we'll see if any. I, I'm not. <laughs> oh, Charles is not. He's got yeah, a test we'll, for we'll, you. We'll email out questions. There you we'll go. See how you do. There you go. So I'm going to give you a couple of terms, and you just let us know what they are. Okay. Easy I'm going to make this. I'm going to make the, my definition fairly simple and straightforward. All right. So I don't. I won't go off on some detailed tangent. I promise. All right. Well, we're going to hold you to it. Accelerated death benefit. What you got? Uh, there, some. It's a life insurance policy situation where someone has a death benefit, and typically, what will happen is if you then have some terminal illness, that's a precondition to the contract that you, the insurance policy, the contract of it that you're going to get. If you are diagnosed with terminal illness, then they will accelerate the death benefit and start to pay some of that to you if you need those dollars while you're still alive 
and just reduce the ultimate death benefit when you pass away. So it is just exactly like it sounds. They accelerate the payment of the death benefit to cover some expenses you would have, and you don't have to wait till you're dead to get it. Okay. They're pretty simple then. Wow. Straightforward. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah. How about that? How, for you, a financial how, term? how about that? Very exactly. unusual. Yeah. All right. AGI. What is AGI? It's an abbreviation for adjusted gross income. Okay. And on your old tax returns, it used to be the bottom line of the first page. Now, when they changed them last year, it's a lot more difficult to find, but it is just, you subtract some of the credits and debits and stuff on it. And that's just, it's, there's gross income, there's adjusted gross income, which is less than income. And then there's your taxable income was the lowest of all three numbers. So it's just one of the, it's one of the math solutions when you're doing your taxes. Okay. So, and it doesn't, it doesn't come in handy necessarily anywhere for any particular reason that I've ever found to be important. (laughs) Okay. So, <laughs> but it's one of those Someone terms else might disagree with me on right, that, but right. that, nah, not as far as I'm concerned. Well, a lot of times we'll hear financial terms, and uh, and that's why I decided to do a few this week here on the podcast as uh, investors, as clients, or whatever. And we're like, uh, what does that mean? And sometimes we yeah. just don't feel like, you know, we, I don't know, for whatever reason, we just don't raise our hand and say, back the trolley up and tell me what that means. Uh, so yeah. we're trying to share a few of those. How about fundamental analysis? There's two basic kinds of analysis when you're analyzing stocks or funds or something like that. And most of the time it's done with stocks, I would say. And that is fundamental analysis looks at the financials. There's also technical analysis, which just looks basically at the price movement of the stock. So fundamental analysis is looking at profit and losses. It's looking at you know all of the things. You tear apart the financial reports of companies and you, do, you look at the numbers. And I'm not going to go off and tell you what technical analysis is other than just it looks at the ultimate price of the stock and its movements. Okay. All right. So simple. Simple. All right. So if you hear those terms, that'll make a little bit more sense to you. Uh, How about margin account? Margin account is when you can, it's going to be typically in a taxable account, not a tax deferred account like an IRA, where you can borrow money from the custodian, the broker, the broker dealer, it might be, I mean, whomever it happens to be, I'll just use Merrill Lynch as an example. You can borrow money from your own account and leverage it up. So if I had a $100,000 account, I could borrow potentially up to $50,000, I think is the margin limit still. I never do it, so I don't pay any attention to it. And so you've got $150,000 to invest. Now you're paying interest on those dollars that you're borrowing, which, but it means that you could buy theoretically 50% more of something if you wanted to. With your own money, you just got to pay the interest to use it. If it goes down because you bought it, then you better get out in a hurry. But if it goes up, then you could use that as positive leverage. Okay. That's what margin is. You're, you're just you're borrowing your own money. You Actually, the broker lends you the money. The broker dealer, the securities company lends you the money, but it's in your account. So you owe them, but that's all it is. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And then our final one here on the financial dictionary for this podcast. Uh, this one, I'm going to go, I'm going to give you two different versions here, Charles, and let you have fun with this. Uh, so Uh-oh. I think the this original term that I'm going to give you decided it didn't didn't go over very well and they went to Madison Avenue and got a makeover uh, and got a, a nicer name because now they're called high yield bonds but we most yeah. know them for junk bonds yeah yeah exactly the same thing just got a much more socially acceptable name <laughs> right it just didn't sound they, as good it's harder to sell junk bonds right well yeah and we I don't know if you're old enough you remember Michael Milken who was uh, oh golly was he at Hutton Anyway, he was sort of the creator of junk bonds. Junk bonds are non-investment quality bonds, you know, and they carry a higher interest rate because they're non-investment grade. Mm-hmm. And that 
you know, that rating is based on the, the, the ability of the company issuing the bonds to make the, the payments, not only the interest payments, but to be able to pay you your principal back at the end. So, you know, if you're a triple A bond, that means you're the, you know, you're the cream of the crop. If you're a, a D or I don't even remember how, I don't even know what the ratings are anymore. I haven't looked at it in so long. Then you're probably going to be a high yield bond because that, that triple A bond might be paying 2% and a high yield or junk bond, it could be paying 6%. So they're paying you more interest to take more theoretical risk. That's so same thing, junk bond, yep. high yield bond. They pay more interest, technically less credit worthy. But okay, that's right. why they have to pay the higher right. interest to attract the dollars. Okay. But it's got a much sexier name now with high yield. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way so. Yeah. yeah. Way it's, a, it's a positive. Junk was a negative. I mean, it's that's pretty right. simple. Yeah. Make good a, marketing people. That's right. They had a good, they hired a good marketing team. Well, there you go, folks. Yeah. That's our financial dictionary here on Financial Choices Matter podcast. We are going to take an email question here in just a minute. But if you would like to submit your own or have some questions, go to PellentonCapital.com. P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N Capital.com. And uh, you can submit a question to Charles. You can learn more about them. There's a lot of good tools, tips, and resources to be found. And uh, again, you can find that at PelotonCapital.com. While you're there, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Google, or Spotify on the podcast page. And that way you can be uh, informed of new episodes when they come out, as well as you can listen to past episodes. And we'd certainly appreciate it if you find the content enjoyable. Hit that subscribe button. All right, so let's do an email question. Samantha in Scottsdale says, Charles, unless something goes horribly wrong, we should be leaving a significant amount of money to the kids. But I can't decide if we should tell them about the plans or just let it be a surprise. I'm certain they have no idea what our actual net worth is like. Well, first of all, Samantha, congratulations. This is a, this is a, a fun dilemma to have to work through for you guys. So yeah. here's my real question is why wouldn't you want to share the wisdom uh, that you've, you know, that's helped you over the years accumulate the wealth that you've been able to accumulate. And so that you can share that wisdom with them so that they then have some sense of what you've done that's made you as successful financially as you are. And why do you want to keep it a secret? Because and, if you yeah. just dump it in their lap, that are, are in their lap, are they going to be prepared to handle it? I understand why as a parent, you would maybe want to protect them, but I don't think that's, protecting them. I don't want to put words in your mouth saying that that's why you're doing it to protect them, but good grief. I mean, tell them, let them know what you did, why you did it. You know, what was the purpose of doing what you did? And the results are, they can see for themselves. And, and you know, maybe they, they can use those, those lessons to have their own net worth uh, grow uh, through their life as well. So exactly. Yeah. And exactly. then leave the great grandkids so, even more. <laughs> well, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It could be, you know, it could be, you know, taking care of family for forever, theoretically. Generational so, wealth. There you go. Yeah. Just share share the wisdom, share the knowledge, share the experience. Yeah. Don't keep it a secret. I, I get I get the idea, though, because it is fun to surprise our kids with really cool presents or gifts or things. We've all had that, that elation that comes with that. So I kind of get the idea that she's thinking, man, it would be kind of cool just to drop this on them. And they're like, whoa. But for yeah. long-term wealth and, and long-term uh, generational yeah. wealth, yeah, I think it's yeah. a great idea to share. But again, your call, but that's uh, that's Charles's take, and, and I second yeah. that emotion. All right, well, we're going to uh, we're gonna hit a what's bugging Charles, and then we're going to get up out of here this week. So uh, what's got you perturbed, my friend? I've, uh, we've been talking, and the world's been talking, and I'm not quite totally tired of it yet about the whole coronavirus, COVID-19, and all the stuff that's going on. And I got a great email piece from the economist for first trust Brian Westbury who I really really like and he's it's his Monday morning outlook that we post on our website every week okay um, this one is all about COVID-19 and is it scary 
or is it dangerous? And the confusion that's happened because of this. This is also the first, and I mentioned this earlier on uh, several podcasts ago, that this is the first social media pandemic that's ever occurred. And when you do that, when you everybody can talk about it, anybody, and they don't have to have the right information, but it spreads fear. Right. Because if you, you know, if you do a Google news search right now on the virus, you get like one and a half billion news results. I mean, that's just astonishing. So there's everything imaginable out there. And there has been from the get-go. So this is where that can, to what Brian was writing about, and it totally echoes my sentiment, is there's a big confusion between scary and dangerous. You know, scary is scary. Scary is, is an emotional reaction to something that's so much of this has been not backed up by, in my opinion, adequate factual information. Right. And a lot of it is we just didn't know yet. I get that. But this whole, this whole, is it dangerous? No, it's just scary. It's not, Mark, you know the answer to this because I asked you this last time we recorded something. What's the biggest cause of death, leading cause of death in the United States? Uh, disease-wise. From a, from a, from a, from a disease medical, standpoint? Yeah. I would yeah. say it's either heart disease or, or cancer. It's heart disease. Yeah. Heart disease kills over 650,000 people in this country every year. That's 54,000 a month. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an open heart survivor in, in my 40s. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's dangerous, but nobody's scared of it because we know enough about it now over time. True. It doesn't mean we necessarily do anything about it. It doesn't carry with it the emotional issue and therefore the lack of paying attention to some of the factual detail that the whole COVID-19 thing has done. Who's dying from it? And, and it's, I mean, I hate, I'm not oblivious to, you know, this being a giant burden on a lot of people. Right. But and, and the da- anyway. and the dangers to our demographic for t- what, what you do in, in the show and so on and so forth that we do uh, is that that is the more susceptible demographic. I, I think that that's probably, uh, you know, pretty factual. And, well, and again, yeah. because it's a respiratory type of situation. But yeah, right. the, just the sheer level of you know, just it's been so morphed into like anything nowadays between news yeah. and social media. Yeah. We lose the sight. We lose the target. We lose the focus at the drop of a dime anymore. And it just goes yeah. off into the into the a tangent. Yeah, because everybody gets to talk about it and you can read what everybody has to say. But, you know, 81 percent of the deaths so far as when this was written, which was early last week. And, and you know, so this was uh, er, early, of, early June. Mid, yeah. Early, yeah. End of May, early part of June. Uh-huh. 81% of the deaths, this is from the Center for Disease Control, were for people over 65 years old, most right. of them with pre-existing conditions. Right. And if you drop the age down to 55 to 64, that number drops up to 93% of the deaths are in that age group. Yeah. Um, and, and the level below, of... Go ahead. I was going to say, and the level of, of rule changing is astronomical oh. when the CDC comes out and says, well, we were kind of wrong about how long it lives yeah. and yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yep. And yep. it's like, yep. so then stop, you know, stop terrifying people and yes. putting such a crunch on everything. Scare the crap out of them. When you don't really have the details yet. I, yeah. I know it's and the same conversation we kind of alluded to you and I briefly. It's like we're seeing all these protests and stuff happening and there's people arm in arm by the thousands, yet we're still saying that sporting events are not good or we're still saying certain businesses are not good. It just There's no rhyme or reason that seem to cohesively fit together. Yeah, I know. 
And, you know, young people aren't dying. I mean, there, there are some. I mean, I don't, I'm there, not saying Right, no there one, are some, sure, point. yeah. But, you know, one in, out of like one and a quarter million, one young person is going to die if you're under 20. Well, like any old. illness, right? It affects everybody's body differently. My brother sure. and I are separated by 14 years. We live the same almost exact lifestyle, yet I had the heart disease and have had a heart surgery, and he's healthy as a horse, and he's 14 years older than I am. So yeah, what's, no. the, what's the difference when we're genetically linked uh, yeah. we, we drink the same things, we eat the same things, you know, so on and so we live a virtually identical lifestyle yet I, my health is worse than his. What, right. It's, it's random. There's a bit of randomness to that. Oh yeah. Totally. And, and that's what any illness has, whether it's pneumonia or whatever. So yeah, it's going to affect some people and it's never going to touch others. I know. And this whole, this whole governmental shutting everything down is and I said this from the beginning, and you, you, all of you that are listening can agree or not agree. I'm, I'm fine with that. This is just my opinion. Right. It's my podcast. That's right. Sake. That's right. Um, you know, that shutting down everything, especially the private sector, where that's where all the wealth comes from in the creation of this country. The government creates no wealth. Private sector creates all the wealth. Right. It's really dangerous. But everybody's out there. All the politicians are saying, hey, you shouldn't be scared of this. Shut down, you know. Right. But what we're, the other thing that we're doing, and I don't think anybody's really talked about this, is the gigantic financial burden that's now been placed on the next generations to pay the bill for this. Right. No, exactly. Wow. Exactly. And that's not and, and actually a lot of that burden is going to fall to a lot of these people that are taking to the streets right now that are upset about, about right. a lot of things. Oh, it's no. Gonna fall. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, this is a whole new era. We've, you know, the fear Trump's danger, scared Trump's dangerous, and the near term risk is going to create long term problems. Well, and we'll see, you know, they, they've been talking about a, you know, a, a second wave since this thing started. They were calling for the fall. Now they've got another avenue to latch on to by all of the, all of the protesting, saying all these people in proximity, there's going to be a, a, an outbreak. And so, you know, it just, know, it's just adding fuel to whatever. And the genie's out of the bottle. So once you've closed something off like we've done, how easy is it to do it a second time? We'll, well find out. Well, that's just it. We'll yeah, find out. And, and it's, I don't know. I mean, that's been what's bugging me from the beginning of this whole issue. The economic impact of this long term is yep. going to be more than anybody ever imagined of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can't, um, you can't be so short sighted and say we're looking at two to four to six weeks at a time uh, on, no, on one no. avenue and not all the others because there's so many other pieces that go to it. Well, that's right. And we could go on and on and on and on, but I, I know I think, that. Yeah. And, but I got, I'm going to say this sure. on that cheery note, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, that's all for now from me. So take it, Mark. I'm going to take it. Well, we still want you to be safe. We want you to be sane as well. I've been saying that for weeks ever since this started on shows that I host and talk about. Stay safe, stay sane, because you do need a little bit of both in there. And make sure that you are thinking about not only your health, but also your wealth. And whether that's a little bit, a lot of bit, or whatever the case is, it's still yours. And obviously, what is yours uh, is what you're going to need to get to and through retirement. So as always, you know, if you enjoy the show, share it with folks that you think might benefit from the message. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple, Google. Spotify or whatever platform you choose. Uh, if it is not your cup of tea, that's okay too. But that's why you have those freedoms for choices. And of course, choices matter and financial choices matter. So reach out to Charles if you've got questions at PelotonCapital.com. That is PelotonCapital.com. And we'll see you next time here on the program.
Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.